From between the hedges at Sanford Stadium to the practice fields, from Stegman Coliseum and wherever else the Bulldogs are playing, it's time to talk Georgia sports. From the Athens Banner Herald, here are your hosts, Mark Weiser and Ryan Dennis. Welcome into the Bulldogs Extra Podcast. It's Mark and Ryan with you here. Happy Thursday to you as we record this on, I guess it's kind of a dreary morning in Athens. Uh, been that kind of week. We will talk about Georgia players with NFL decisions, uh, those that have been made and uh, that maybe one or two, I guess one in particular hasn't been revealed as we record this, probably will uh, later. Maybe today and uh, transfer comings and goings, the national championship parade and celebration, and a little bit of fallout from that and uh, Georgia basketball. But we start with uh, the horrible news that rocked the football program and uh, those that follow the football program, the Bulldogs, early Sunday. Four members of the program, two players, two staffers involved in a single car accident, and uh, two of them lost their lives, uh, Devin Willock, the offensive lineman, and Chandler LaCroix, a recruiting staffer, um, both uh, did not survive. And uh, we'll talk about, um, well, I mean, Ryan, I know it's been four days already, um, and uh, you know, still kind of, uh, it takes a long time to get over something like this, and you don't really get over it uh, for these families and those that, that uh, you know, um, love these two. It's just um, you know you, you celebrate their lives and you uh, you know you hope for the, for uh, them to find some comfort. Yeah, I mean it's just one of those things where the Bulldogs were at a all time high Saturday afternoon when you're celebrating your second national championship back to back, and then you know you wake up Sunday morning and you're like just punched in the gut. I mean it was. Uh, Terrible feeling for everybody, especially, you know, to obviously the players and coaches. But, you know, we spend a lot of time around the teams and all. And, you know, you kind of you, – you, I won't say you grow close to these folks, but, you know, you, you see them and, and you know, it just – it hurts as well from our position to, to see young lives lost and, and people that you consider fairly close. And you know what I what I saw a lot of on Sunday that made you – you know, feel good about the world, so to speak, was the outpouring of of support from around the country. You know, I think you retweeted Nebraska, had it up on their scoreboard. Uh, you know, I think every coach in SEC tweeted out their heartfelt, you know, uh, sympathies and whatnot to the University of Georgia program. But, yeah, and, you know, uh, just you feel for, for all the players and, and you'd see their responses on Twitter and, and, and everything, uh, you know, I can't imagine what, what their emotions were after being on such a high to to take the worst, you know, punch in the gut that you could ever get that one of your brothers. And and obviously we, we didn't really know who Chandler LaCroix was before, uh, before this, uh, you know, not nearly as much as we noticed the players who dealt, you know, day-to-day with her. And, and I'm sure she was a big part of a lot of them uh, when they were being recruited here, you know, I'm sure she showed them around and whatever goes into that part of the the recruiting process. But um, terrible day. Yeah, just a terrible day. And, uh, you know, just hoping everybody can 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 move on and, and, and uh, 
you know, live life again. And that's what it's all about. Yeah, one of uh, one of Devin's offensive line teammates, Warren McClendon, was uh, in the same Ford Expedition. Uh, was a in the uh, front passenger seat. Um, thankfully, only uh, had forehead uh, stitches. I think he needed. According to what his dad told me, and um, recruiting staffer Tori Bowles was also in the car in the back seat. Uh, she was in more serious condition. Um, but they, I tell you, after looking at that car, sorry to interrupt. I mean, to to see that Warren only had a couple scratches on his head is quite a miracle. Yeah, according to the police crash report that uh, was released on Tuesday afternoon, um, Warren and the driver were wearing seatbelts. The other two were not. Right. So maybe that, maybe that helped Warren in that case. And sometimes it has to do with where you're sitting in the car and the impact of the collision, that kind of thing. But um, um, you know, well, you know I mean, whatever the physical damage to to him, obviously uh, there's going to be just the emotional part of you know, being part of that, that situation. Um, yeah, I, I went, went by the crash scene on Sunday afternoon, um, you know, on, uh, Barnett Shoals road. Um, there's not much room if you're going to lose control of a car there, you know, it's, uh, there, there's an embankment and, um, she, uh, you know, the, according to the police report, report hit a utility pole, hit a uh, power pole, um, and I know the car ended up um, coming up against an apartment complex there and uh, there was police tape there. And, um, you know, we saw some pictures from one of the neighbors provided. Um, but so according to the, the crash report, uh, excessive speed is a determining factor. So far, no determination yet if alcohol was involved. Um, but, uh, you know, it's more about right now. Let's remember. Um, I had a chance to write a little bit about Devin on uh, on Sunday. Uh, I spoke to a, a Georgia fan who brought his uh, grandson to the parade and then went over to the Texas Roadhouse on their way home uh, to get some dinner. And, and Devin was there with his family and was nice enough to um, take a picture with a kid, seven-year-old, um, and uh, let him put on his national championship ring. And uh, this gentleman put uh, the uh, photo uh, of the situation of, of the uh, interaction on um, on Twitter, and so uh, that was a great kind of way to remember Devin and his kind of generosity towards uh, those that that just wanted to you know spend some time with him. Right, that was another just heartfelt. You know, you see that on on Sunday morning, and you see what a lovable guy Devin was, and and how he cared for a lot of people. What what's the term? Uh, you know, a gentle giant. Right, is what I think uh, just about everybody has said, and. Uh, of course, not to be lost on it, uh, you know, you, you think about the two staffers, uh, Chandler and Tory. there. I mean, pretty much, you know, local people, really, when you think about Chandler being from Tacoa, just about an hour up the road from Athens, and, and Tori right here in Athens. I mean, she uh, went to Prince Avenue Christian, and, and um, you know, her brother Peyton is a, is a walk-on uh, at Georgia and, and actually went to Athens Academy, where he was a really good football player, so... Uh, you know, an outpouring of emotions all around Athens uh, just for, you know, the the fact that it was two football players being involved in the crash and then uh, two, two local, uh, you know, young uh, girl staffers there that that uh, that Athens kind of embraced. 
Yeah, um, LaCroix was a double dog, they say, I guess, um, a couple of degrees from Georgia. And, and these are behind the scenes people that, you know, um, if you follow recruiting, you probably, you know, they've probably come across your timeline. A lot of times families will, um, you know, thank them publicly for for whatever, hosting a, a, a son or grandson or something like that. So, um, you know, they kind of keep the operation running as, as the coaches are doing their thing as well on a recruiting weekend. So, um, you know, and uh, Kirby Smart tweeted out a photo of Devin Willick and uh, his son, um, 10-year-old son after the national championship with uh, with Devin putting him on his uh, shoulder, giving him a ride around the uh, field there in, in L.A. Um, and um, so, um, you know, and then also, you know, had some heartfelt co comments about what Chandler does um, as, as well. You know, when I saw that picture, it, it a lot of things entered into my head for Kirby, right? I mean, obviously you have to deal with the emotions of a – player being lost uh obviously a staffer that you you know you're close to all these people i don't know if he had to um you know i'm sure he had to get in touch with the families and all but you know as a dad uh, th that side of kirby to know how close you know his son has become to a lot of the players didn't he tell a story about him crying because stetson was going to be leaving uh, the program uh so you see how close he gets to the players and everything and to know that Kirby had to explain to him and, and all, you know, that side kind of hit me pretty hard when I saw that picture. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we'll be talking about, um, you know, I guess, you know, I guess they'll probably have a memorial uh, for, for Devin in this area, I, I would imagine, because he's from New Jersey right. um, and uh, kind of went, went to high school in Paramus uh, Catholic up there, but he's from New Milford. Uh, which is uh, not too far out of New York City. So um, with the Willicks family, it's supposed to hold a uh, press conference with some lawyer um, this afternoon in Athens. So uh, the story is not going away. There's going to be, uh, you know, presumably some litigation happening uh, as uh, seems to be. Um, we'll get more details about, you know, the events of that night. But, um, you know, for now, let's just focus on these, these uh, the players and, the recruiting staffers and uh, you know Kirby and and staff was back on the road this this week and uh, uh, decisions on where players are going to be for next season uh, you know roll on and uh, so let's talk a little bit about that uh, unless you want to add something more about um, you know the situation with the crowd. No, you know I, I one more thing I, I saw there was a, a little memorial outside the uh, what is that the West Gate there along the bridge. I, I didn't have a chance to swing by and see. I, I was wondering if they did they have anything on the scoreboard there. I, I didn't ever really get a chance to see if, if Georgia put anything up for for those two. And I don't know about that, but I saw that. Uh, I think there was maybe the bookstore handed out signs during the parade that had the sixty-five to seven score, and I saw somebody mm -hmm. had kind of written over that seventy-seven with Devin's number on it. So, yeah. uh, and there, and there were you know bouquets of flowers and that kind of stuff there as well. Right. Um, all right, let's flip it to football. Uh, as, as we said that, uh, you know, um, that continues on the big news this week is Zadie Mitchell, um, you know, set to go on the transfer board. I don't know that his name is officially gone in there, but yesterday was a deadline, uh, the window for players to go in the portal until I think it was May, uh, was yesterday. So, you know, that was the last chance if somebody wanted to go there and, AD was a guy that was kind of buzzed about, rumored about in December as, as maybe a guy that would maybe 
go in the portal and then uh, kind of went away for a while. And then lo and behold, um, this is a big loss. I mean, when he plays, he's a, he's quite a, uh, uh, a playmaker and, and a, uh, you know, kind of has, I think I wrote, he has a gene for making plays at, at clutch moments. I mean, two of the biggest plays in, in Georgia history, you can probably say from both national championship seasons uh, involve AD, his catch, uh, you know, in the fourth quarter against Alabama, his catch in the final minute against Ohio state. Uh, and he has a touchdown catch in all four playoff games the last two years. Um, obviously this past season with the high ankle sprain, was off the field for much of the regular season that the first two games he played and had catches, no more catches the rest of the season until uh, the postseason. So um, I think it's a big loss, but uh, Georgia went to the transfer portal. Uh, they got Dominic Lovett. They got Ra-Ra Thomas. Maybe they had an idea that AD might be going, um, you know, and, you know, receivers a spot where you got Brock Bowers, you got Lab McConkey. Bowers not being a receiver, he's a tight end, but he is your top pass catcher last two seasons. So, you know, the way Georgia coach uh, recruits and the level of this program, I don't think anybody is, uh, you know, you, you can take away anybody and say, oh, it's over. You know, it, it's it's crushing. I mean, uh, I think uh, in a lot of spots they can survive things, and uh, this is one. You know, as good as A.D. Mitchell is, anytime he's on the field, it, it was one of those things where you didn't really notice his absence, I didn't feel like, too much during the season, just because of the way that Georgia's offense works. And like you said, Brock Bowers was always there, Darnell Washington, another guy. And, you know, when they run a lot of two tight end sets because of the talent they had, I mean, you really, if you have Ladd out there or you had Kiaris or – you know, Devin uh, Bell came on there a little bit. You know, in in his absence, uh, Meeks. I mean, it was a it was a thing where yeah, it would be great to have AD out there at all times. But when he wasn't there, you know, you, you didn't exactly miss him. And uh, I, I, the Bulldogs, I know, would have loved to have kept him. But like you said, it did feel like maybe they saw this coming. That's why they went out and got uh, the guy from Mississippi State, Ra Ra, and then they you know, went to Missouri, got their top receiver to come to to Georgia. And maybe AD knew that as well. And it was kind of like, you know what, I'm out of here. In the rumor, I think, out there that he's going to land at Texas. How much did that have to do with, <clears throat> excuse me, the quarterback they already have in place at Texas, knowing Arch Manning's going to, you know, be there as well? Or does NIL come into play? I don't know. But, uh, you know, like you said, I mean, AD is going to be a, a a legend of all time at, at Georgia. I hate to see that he's going to leave, given the fact that you know he's he's what he's done for Georgia in the playoffs, like you said. But um, I mean, like also like you said, I mean, Georgia just keeps on ticking. Uh, you know, last year they didn't bring a single person in from the transfer portal, lost fifteen players to NFL, and went fifteen and zero and won a national title. So. You know, uh, we saw uh, Jermaine Burton last year left. Everybody thought that was going to be a big deal. He had an impact at Alabama, but didn't have the drop off for for Georgia like you know some thought he might. So, I I, I foresee Georgia to keep on ticking. Well, I mean, I, I wouldn't say that um, they didn't miss Mitchell. I'm gonna I'm gonna point out a couple uh, games in particular: Missouri 26-22 Georgia win, 16 to six Kentucky Georgia win. Uh, I think if you had A.D. Mitchell in there, that, that you'd be a little bit more explosive on offense in, in both instances. Um, I mean, I think when Georgia needed to, they found that, you know, exactly what they needed in that game. I think that was just an off game by everybody. But, yeah, I mean, having A.D. on the field would, would you know, give you a, a little better 
look, I guess, in that Missouri game. But, I mean, you think of all the other games that they uh, dominated. What about Tennessee? What was he in for one play, and they called a timeout, and they took him out? I mean, uh, you know. I don't. I don't think he was. He was a hundred percent necessary uh, in any game. To answer your question, um, anytime you're in the transfer portal now, NIL is is a big deal, and I think certainly you can um, presume that that's going to be the case here. And he is from outside the Houston area, uh, so if he ends up at Texas, it makes sense. This is a guy that was kind of overlooked by the the Texas schools and overlooked by by pretty much everybody. When I, I talked to him at. Uh, before the national championship game. And he was talking about, it was really just Georgia and Auburn. That was, uh, it came down to, um, and didn't really get much interest, including TCU. He didn't know who Gary Patterson was and he w- would have been the coach that would have been recruiting him for t- TCU, uh, at, at the time. So that just shows that he was off their radar. You know, uh, right, right. The, the thing I, I do hate sometimes, I mean, I like NIL, uh, and all that, but, I don't know. It just seems like, man, you're, you're leaving a team. You won two national championships with, man, stick with it. Stick with it. But I understand in this day and age, you, you go to what you see best, which is fine. I get that. And I, I'm all for kids, uh, you know, doing what's right in NIL. But that's a discussion for a different day, I guess, on how to how to monitor and, and everything else that goes into transfer portals and NILs and everything else. So we mentioned Lavin Conkey is returning. I, I don't really think the NFL was, was much of an option um, for him. I mean, you know, I mean, he certainly could have declared and, and probably would have been drafted, but I, I didn't think, uh, yeah, I think basically anybody with eligibility these days to a certain extent is is making an announcement. Uh, yeah, really. But he, he remains very undervalued for what he does for Georgia football. Um, you know, uh, Don Blaylock, another wide receiver is uh, in, into the transfer portal. Um, he, is looking to go somewhere and get a chance to become more of a target. I mean, with Georgia running so many t- two, t- two tight end sets, even with Darnell Washington now to the NFL, um, it's hard for him to get enough snaps uh, at Georgia, even when now with uh, AD gone. I think he thought there was another opportunity to kind of showcase himself elsewhere. And he did give a look going to the NFL since he's healthy at this stage uh, after coming off a couple of ACL injuries. Kyrus Jackson also uh, to the NFL. Um you know, this COVID year kind of threw throws everything for a loop in terms of, you know, is he does he even need to declare? I'm not even sure. I mean, uh, <laughs> I wondered that about a couple of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, another undervalued guy who who seems to make big catches in big moments during his Georgia career. Uh, as we just rolled through this list here, I mean, um, Warren McClendon, who we mentioned, uh, unfortunately was in that accident, uh, the car crash. Um, he announced right after the uh, celebration ceremony on Saturday that he is is going as well, which I think was widely anticipated. Warren Erickson also, who had some eligibility left uh, and is a uh, was a backup this year, is also moving on to the NFL. Broderick Jones announced since we last did our podcast, starting left tackle, uh, you know, probably a first round draft pick. Might I be saw him as high as nine, I think, in a yeah, mock draft be, somewhere. Might be the first tackle to go. Yeah. Uh, so um, we're waiting on Cedric Van Pran Granger. Uh, I've heard some mixed mixed things whether he's going to stay or go. Uh, he there, there was a Monday NFL deadline for underclassmen to declare. Now they didn't have to announce by then, uh, but I was told that he and others, I, I guess, if they wanted it, uh, got an extension on that deadline due to the circumstances uh, with the crash. Uh, you know, if you're 
if it's Sunday and you have a 48 hours or whatever to make this decision, and then you have a, a good friend that you just lost in a car accident, uh, you know, that's mm. not the time to make a decision. So um, if that was granted that extension, good for the NFL to do that, I reached out to the NFL and did not hear back uh, to confirm that. But I was told by someone uh, close to to the situation that that's uh, that in fact uh, happened, that there was an extension given on that deadline. Um, so, We'll see what happens with him. Um, I think, you know, if he goes, that would be three uh, offensive line starters lost for Georgia. So, um, you know, that would be uh, some adjustments uh, that they'll have to make. Uh, but we'll see what, what Cedric chooses to do. Uh, looking at the transfer portal, MJ Sherman, uh, outside linebacker, didn't really uh, kind of get into the playing rotation much outside of special teams. He's already ended up in Nebraska. So, um Good for him. Maybe some playing time there. Tresman Marshall, one of the top backup inside linebackers this year, also into the portal. Offensive lineman Jacob Hood as well. I think we might have mentioned Jaheim Singletary last week. So, Ryan, what do you make of uh, NFL departures or transfer portal departures? We talked about AD. What else kind of jumps out at you? Um, you know, I, MJ, we got a chance to talk to him uh, middle of the season. I guess that's not too big a surprise. He seemed like the guy, you know, when he made his decision, like he was going to come in and and really be a impactful inside linebacker there. I think, you know, Pop kind of, uh, you know, might have might have come in and taken that role, which is kind of funny since they're from the same area up there. Uh, Trez Marshall, I thought he was playing a lot more near the end of the year, you know, uh, he was in on some big plays near then at Ohio State game, uh, so I thought maybe he'd get a, a a shot, you know, to to play more next year. So, and I guess he hadn't picked anywhere, right? I mean, he can come back uh, if necessary, uh, Marshall. But um, I guess Blaylock is another guy that uh, I I thought he was just like going to the NFL and giving it a shot there, you know. But um, I know he hadn't made a decision yet, but. Why is Georgia Tech jumping out to me with uh, Don Blaylock? I mean, it feels like with Buster Faulkner going there, we saw Brett Seither uh, go to uh, Georgia Tech, right, to be with Buster Faulkner, who was kind of Todd Munkin's right-hand man, right, at Georgia as far as helping with the offense and all. So, you know, not predicting anything, but just feels like maybe Dom ends up at Georgia Tech since he's an Atlanta guy anyway. I hadn't heard that name. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if he ends up, you know, elsewhere in the SEC. Uh, we'll we'll see, um, you know, what that looks like. Um, I, I guess that would be a possibility given the connection, but um, that's not a name I heard uh, instantaneously. Another transfer uh, portal coming the other way. That's to Georgia. Was uh, Smoke Bowie? I'm oh, not sure. Yeah. If I'm, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing the last name, but from Texas A&M. One time Bain- commitment, right? Bainbridge kid. Mm-hmm. That um, went to Texas A&M when Nick Williams, uh, the Georgia staffer and former safety slash linebacker, uh, went to Texas A&M. Now, now Nick is now at Colorado with Deion mm-hmm. Sanders, and uh, Smoke went out of uh, Texas A&M in the portal, like a number of folks in the uh, you know those well-regarded recruits, highly rated. So uh, I'm not sure what to make of him in terms of what his role might be. He didn't play much at Texas A&M. Uh, but, you know, Keely Ringo's uh, now in the uh, NFL uh, or declared. Uh, so we'll, we'll see if he can, uh, you know, win himself a job. Um, Ron, why don't we take a little break now, come back, 
talk a little bit more about the weekend, uh, at least Saturday, um, with the the celebration, the parade, and some of the things we learned there. And uh, talk a little Georgia basketball, and then we'll uh, we'll get out. Thanks for listening to the Bulldogs Extra podcast. Like what you hear? Subscribe today wherever you get your podcast. Give us a rating, a like, and even leave us a comment to let us know how we're doing. As always, find more content at onlineathens.com and in the Athens Banner Herald. Now, let's get back to the show. Ryan, it was a familiar scene on Saturday as the uh, national champion Georgia Bulldogs celebrated their fresh title uh, with a parade from uh, the Buttsmere building uh, down towards the stadium and uh, another stadium celebration. Now, they, they kind of moved the stage because of uh, the renovations going on. So it was, a, it was a good look. I liked it. Plus, uh, they, they moved the, us from the press box to like the Champions Club, I think it was. And... Um, it was it was nice seating. Those people with uh, the deep pockets they live they live nice up there in the uh, kind of swanky uh, suites, I guess. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't able to make it. I mean, did y'all have a full buffet with like prime rib and stuff and uh, booze? I mean, what was it like up there? No, they did provide some box lunches. I don't know what you're talking about. Though. <laughs> um, so nothing's changed from the uh, other side of the state. Yeah, so it, it was it was very similar. I mean, you had even the same people talking. You had Governor Kemp. You had Greg Sankey. You had Jerry Moorhead. Um, hey, I was impressed by Moorhead. I mean, that guy, he got everybody fired up. Yeah, he 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 doesn't uh, he doesn't dial it back when he's giving those speeches. He he, go, <laughs> he goes full force with it, doesn't he? Oh man, Jerry Moorhead. Speaking yeah. of full speaking of full force, um, I don't know. I was a little uh, I don't know. Surprise is the right word. I was kind of taken aback a little bit by. Some of the comments from Kirby and and uh, Stetson Bennett, with um, just how underestimated this team was and how many people doubted them, and um, and, and you tweeted about it. I mean, I guess it, you know I get it that Kirby is motivating his guys to say it's us against the world, and I think everybody does it. I think Michigan did that in the playoff last year, and I think I think they were calling it Ohio versus the world. Ohio State was so. Yeah. You know, I know that's kind of a common thing, but I mean, I think Georgia, Georgia was number one for most of the season. They were number three in the preseason poll, um, you know, but some of the players were talking, you know, before the championship game that people were saying Georgia was going to be a, a six or, or five win team. I mean, did when you heard Kirby talking up there on the stage, were you like, uh, what were your impressions of that? Well, not so much Kirby, but Stetson definitely. And any of the players that you saw, I think after the national championship, you know, Somebody was called on camera saying, y'all thought we'd go six and six or seven and five. And I mean, I think my tweet said that the storyline of the season was that Kirby created a storyline and then turned it back on the media saying that they, you know, like, what are you talking about? Nobody thought y'all be bad. And then especially after game one, where you shellac Oregon 49 to three. I mean, I think everybody was like, oh boy, they got to. Another dominant team. Is this team better than last year? I think that's what the title of one of our podcasts. Is this team better than last year's national championship team? And we discussed it. So the fact that, you know, they tried to spin this to say the media. Now, maybe they're talking national media. I don't know. You know, does ESPN Game Day or Fox or any of those that do pregame shows that they poo-poo Georgia all year? I don't know. But I just thought that was a funny narrative. And, may, you know, maybe Stetson has – 
uh, a little more built up uh, emotions about it because I guess people did say, Hey, I wish you would have just gone and rode, rode off into the sunset, you know, last summer, but he came back and, uh, or last spring, I guess, and, and did it again. So, uh, but yes, to answer your question, I don't think anybody thought they'd be a seven and five team this year. Stetson in particular, um, Look, I get it from this perspective with Stetson is that um, I think that there was a, a constant doubting of him, even after the national championship. But, you know, some people did say, we'll just ride off into the sunset. You got it. Um, and and there was, you know, in, in particular, uh, you know, one member of the Georgia kind of beat core, if you want to call it that, uh, that was kind of a big critic of him during his, his rise at, at Georgia. And even when he, you know, led him to one national championship and then another kind of diminishing his ability as a player and, and focusing more on his story as a former walk-on. Um, but, um, you know, and, and maybe Stetson, and it wasn't just that person. It was also some people in the regional and national media that, that thought that, you know, Stetson was not worthy of, um, you know, even being a Heisman finalist or, um, you know, more of a game manager type, but, um, you know, and you don't know being in that position. Stetson apparently uh, took it all in and and used it as motivation, and certainly and and still had some anger and, and resentment towards it. I would say as he kind of um, you know expressed on the stage there, and then also got into kind of a Twitter back and forth uh, with Steve Shapiro, <laughs> the Atlanta the Atlanta radio host, uh, who who took issue with how Stetson. Uh, behaved i guess during the parade didn't uh, engage with fans as as much as he would have liked and and uh you know you can just go to twitter and find out how stetson responded to that but um yeah, that whole thing was silly i mean look i who cares either way what stetson's doing during the parade but then again his response i was like come on man yeah just let it let it be let it be quoting the great john lennon are you not <laughs> uh, all right let's talk a little let's talk a little george basket was that no, I was just going to say, Forrest Gump was the inspiration. Uh, anyway, go ahead. It was a joke. Let's talk a little Georgia basketball before uh, we get out. Uh, hey, the Bulldogs uh, gave Kentucky a run for their money into the uh, second half and then kind of looked like it. Uh, some, of, some of these games look like when Georgia goes on the road. and They hang for a while, uh, and then uh, the result is what it is. Kentucky 85, Georgia 71. Bulldogs now – uh, three and two in the SEC. Uh, what is it? Fourteen and five overall. Thirteen and five overall. Thirteen and five. Mm-hmm. Um, too much Oscar Shibwe. That dude uh, just dominated the Bulldogs. I think it was thirty-seven and twenty-four. Yeah. Um, and Vanderbilt next on Saturday. Um, wh- what do you make? I- I'll say this though: Terry Roberts is the guy for this team. Um, quite quite a. Uh, Showing for a true freshman, would you say? <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah, that was that was funny the other night. He couldn't stop uh, calling calling Terry Roberts a senior transfer from Bradley, a true freshman. But yeah, he's been impressive. I mean, the fact that he's uh, he's kind of taken over that offense. I mean, everybody thought that. Well, I thought anyway that Cario Aquendo was the big piece, but uh, and he's been good for Georgia. But the fact that Terry Roberts is the the you know operator of that offense has uh, been a bit of a surprise and yeah I mean they Shibway absolutely just took over that second half and and Georgia had no uh, response to him but 
I think uh, I think we can say by the way Georgia played for most of that game, you know, man, Mike White's got this team kind of believing. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll say this. Cario is back to doing some incredible highlight reel type dunks. I think he had a couple maybe against Kentucky. I was a little disappointed. One of them went on the uh, top ten the other day. Now, I think Kentucky also had a, a highlight reel dunk in that game by the topping kid that wasn't on the Sports Center top ten either. But, uh, yeah. Cario, as we've seen many times, can really get up and embarrass some folks. Hey, enough of this um, 9 10 tip off time. No, really. Because this Kansas game went overtime. So you got to scramble to ESPN News to watch the Bulldogs. Um, anyway, Bulldogs are now, as I mentioned, three and two. They are uh, solo in fifth place in the SEC now, behind uh, 6 0 Alabama, 5 0 Texas AM, 5 1 Auburn. Five and one Tennessee, and then just ahead of three and three Missouri, Kentucky, and Florida. Uh, and it's uh, there's some uh, some damage at the bottom with LSU, Mississippi State, Arkansas, and Ole Miss at one and five. So this will shake out. But wait, Arkansas is one and five. Arkansas one and five. You're kidding me, man! I guess I hadn't been paying close enough attention. I thought they were ranked top ten. Uh, that was before SEC play began. <laughs> <laughs> the destruction of the powerful SEC. So this is a kind of a big game for Georgia um, against Vandy because they got to turn around and go to go to Tennessee next week in the next game. So uh, we'll see how that plays out. All right, everyone. Uh, hopefully, we'll have a, a much better news to report next week. Uh, as uh, you know, tough week for everyone out there in Bulldog Nation. And uh, appreciate you joining us on the Bulldogs Extra podcast. Have a great rest of your week and into the weekend and we will talk to you next time absolutely thoughts and prayers to everybody in bulldog nation there and especially those families so just keep lifting them up uh and uh and uh rooting for everybody so see y'all next week mm-hmm.